Hello, folks. Jeffrey and Susan Bridges here, executive producers of Pendant Productions. And Hi. We... Yes. Hi. We just <laughs> want to uh, congratulate everybody this uh, for the 50th episode of The Pendant Shakespeare. That's what this anniversary reel is here to celebrate. Hooray! Congratulations. Whoa, there's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes and it's a lot of Shakespeare. Yeah. And so I want to uh, send a very special... Uh, congratulations out to Colin Kelly and Landon Bell and, let's see, Catherine Pride. She did some dramaturgy for a while. And uh, David Alexander McDonald way back in the day for starting the show. And uh, Colin especially was instrumental in bringing the show back and sort of working with Landon and getting it going. And now Landon's been directing for a long time. And everybody puts in a lot of work. The casts are huge. The plays are crazy. And it's awesome. It's very Bardy. Bardy? Bardy, Bardy, Bardy. It's Bardy time. <laughs> Woo! It's also, you know, like the only show that has been used in like classrooms and stuff. Some some teachers have said they use it with like their students and stuff. And that's really awesome. So, Pendant, cool. we're partially educational. Partially. <laughs> so congratulations to everybody who has uh, worked on the show. And, and thanks to everybody uh, for listening to the show. It's, it's unique among uh, the Pendant repertoire. And I'm really glad we have it. So thank you very much to everybody. And congratulations. Yay! Congratulations. And thank you so much. And you know what, Landon? You're so darn organized. I just had to call that out. Thank you. This is Matthew Hansen, the voice of Marullus in Act One of Julius Caesar. I'm still a bit new to Pendant Shakespeare, but... So far, it's been wonderful to participate. When I auditioned, I was reading the instructions where it said about no English or British accent. At first, I found it a little odd seeing as how Shakespeare is traditionally with the accent. But I thought to myself, why not? Let's just roll with it. I want to say thanks to Pennant for giving me a chance and to give congratulations on this significant milestone. I give my best wishes to everyone for the road ahead. Hail and well met, traveler. Uh, this is Jason R. Wallace. Um, you may have heard me, independent Shakespeare, as uh, Julius Caesar, uh, Iago, Leonardo, Fabian, etc. Oh, I was also the Dark Lord Satan. Uh, that's with an E and a Y, not not with an A. Not the yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm sure you understand. I just wanted to sort of stop in and say uh, congratulations to the Pendant Shakespeare for reaching 50 episodes. That is a milestone achievement, uh, not only in terms of uh, uh, internet media and podcasts, but also in providing a free service to the public that enriches their uh, their minds and, and their appreciation for uh, our uh, Western culture. Um you know, here in town, uh, the local college and the uh, local theater have been working together for a decade now uh, to bring uh, works of, of classical literature uh, in, in, in the form of plays and adaptations to the public free of charge. We uh, get together and we, it's usually a Shakespeare, but sometimes it's Moliere and that sort of thing. Um, we get together and we rehearse these things and then we uh, put them uh, out in a professional theater um, and allow anyone to just come in and experience uh, the the still palpable uh, power of these old texts. Um, and I feel like the Pendant Shakespeare is an extension of that kind of work here on, here on the Internet. Um, it allows people to connect with these texts in a very particular, very effective sort of way. 
Um, it allows them to uh, really inhabit the text and and, a pre and a, grow a kind of appreciation and an interest in these these old texts that have um, done an incredible amount of work founding culturally what we like, what we don't like, what, what, what we believe and what we value is important as human beings. So just kudos to the Pendant Shakespeare for continuing that grand tradition of sharing our old works um, with the people that need it. Um, and I'm, I've been, uh, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it and I'm glad to continue to be a part of it. Uh, and I just wanted to say, uh, thank you to everyone who's listened, uh, everyone who's been involved in the show. Um, uh, Colin and, uh, Landon are do, doing the work behind the scenes, uh, Kat with the, um, the, um, dramaturgy and all that sort of thing. Like it, it, all, all of these people, uh, dedicate their time and their work, their hard work, uh, to create this, uh, essentially public service. And it's been remarkable. Um, so uh, again, thank you to everyone who, who has listened and I hope you'll join us for more, uh, sojourns with the Bard. Thank you. Hey, this is Alex Beckham. You may remember me from Julius Caesar. Uh, I've had a lot of fun, uh, in the voice acting world. I'm just glad that this early in my career, I got to do a Shakespeare production. Thanks, Pendant Shakespeare. You really made me happy. Hi, this is Marty Brengel. I played Cassius in Julius Caesar. Can't believe it's been 50 episodes already. I've listened to a lot of it, not the whole series, but a lot of them, and, and uh, the quality has remained unbelievably high from beginning to end. Um, I don't know if it's still the case, but when I was in junior high and high school, um, part of the English curriculum was to read Shakespeare's plays, and we uh, we read uh, The Merchant of Venice, Julius Caesar, and Romeo and Juliet. And I can still, in those days, you had to memorize speeches and recite them. And I can still recite a lot of them from memory, even after all this time. Um, and it's funny that some of them have stuck with me all this time, too. I uh, My favorite speech from Julius Caesar is... There's a tide in the affairs of men, which, taken at the flood, leads on to fortune. Omitted, all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. On such a full sea are we now afloat, and we must take the current when it serves, or lose our ventures. Unfortunately, Cassius didn't say that, but that's <laughs> still my favorite speech. Um, I was kind of surprised ending up playing Cassius. I, I auditioned for Anthony, or Antonia and was asked if I would do Cassius instead, and I said, sure, not realizing that Cassius has more lines than anybody else in the first couple acts, so getting everything recorded and, and uh, handed in on time was uh, quite quite a quite an adventure, but I did it, and I'm glad I did it, and I want to thank Landon and everybody else for putting on the Wild, Wild Bill show, because I have had just a heck of a lot of fun with it, and I hope there'll be roles for me in upcoming productions. Thanks again, guys. Hello, I'm Dave Morgan. You may know me from such Shakespeare plays as Much Ado About Nothing, where I played Don Pedro, or Othello as Michael Cassio, or even Julius Caesar, where I played Frank Underwood and Masala. <clears throat> there, let me clear my throat there. Um, so, a lot of people are, well, let's just say terrified of Shakespeare. 
Um, it's a lot of words. There's tights involved usually, um, neck ruffles, um, the awkward men playing women, um, things that a lot of people just don't quite get about Shakespeare. Um, they, they're just not sure how to handle it. And uh, I think that's one of the really good things we've done here with the Pennant Shakespeare is hopefully at least we've made it a lot more accessible. Uh, some of the some of the best performances of Shakespeare I've seen have taken the play from the Elizabethan Globe Theater, yea verily fat amen sort of thing that you know you get to see it looks very pretentious and awkward and the and transfers it to another setting. Um, and I, I think we've done a really good job of that here with Pennant Shakespeare, be it, you know, uh, modern day for Much Ado About Nothing, uh, Prohibition Era for Twelfth Night, uh, Outer Space, Othello, I got to have a lightsaber duel, I got to have a lightsaber duel, which is huge for a big nerd like me. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really cool, and hopefully, uh, you, the listener, have enjoyed hearing Shakespeare reimagined in such ways, um, and will continue to listen to uh, Shakespeare as it continues. Um, I want to thank uh, Colin and Landon both for uh, doing such excellent jobs as directors here, and Kat as well as for her uh, dramaturge work in the early days, and as well as the the early uh, directors and actors of the preboot. Uh, version of the pendant Shakespeare. Um, they, they set the, the groundwork for the showing that it could work. And then we've been able to take it the next step forward and hopefully Landon and Colin and whoever takes over after them will continue to carry it forward until finally all we're left with is a point where we have to do Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet because ideally that's the good thing with Shakespeare. There's so many plays we could do this for years before we have to resort to the old chestnuts that everybody does all the time, every day, somewhere in the world. Somebody is doing Hamlet. Somebody is doing Romeo and Juliet and just murdering it and destroying it and making people hate Shakespeare and hate reading and hate literature. And, ah! I feel better now. Hey everyone, this is Anna Rodriguez. I've done some bit parts for Shakespeare here and there, read two sonnets, and... Uh, I was Antonia for Julius Caesar. That was cool. And looks like I'll be reprising the role in Antony and Cleopatra. No pressure, right? Right? <laughs> anyway, happy 50th to the pendant Shakespeare. A quick little story on how I came to love Shakespeare. It was the last show, original show I listened to at Pendant. Um, I had cut up and everything, and I was taking actually a trip to visit a friend in Arizona, and I was taking the bus from L.A. all the way to Arizona uh, to Flagstaff. So I had nothing left to listen to but Shakespeare, and the very first thing I listened to was Midsummer's Night Dream. And I completely regretted not listening to Shakespeare even earlier because I really liked uh, just the presentation and uh, the way the cast had brought that that play to life. So ever since then, I've been in love with how Pendant's taking these stories and these uh, plays that have been hundreds of years old, and yet we somehow make it original because Pendant is awesome that way. So yay! Yay Shakespeare! Um, so happy 50th, and hope to be involved with many, 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 many more productions in the future. Bye! 
Howdy everyone, this is Landon Bell, the director on The Bennett Shakespeare. Uh, 50 freaking episodes. How did that happen? <laughs> um, man. My journey with this show has been... Uh, it, it's been a large core of my work at Pendant over the past several years. Uh... I got started on the show just a little over two years ago. Um, assistant directing, moving into the director's chair, and it's been a blast getting to bring these plays to life. Um, people don't realize that Shakespeare has so much richness to it. Uh, of course, people read it in school, they... You know, they, they have to read it for assignments, or they read it in college, they go see a, a amateur production done, uh, but they don't really grasp the richness of it. And I think the Pendant Shakespeare's goal, since its revival, has been grasp that richness, bring it out, and make people in, enjoy it, entertain them. And I know Colin Kelly when he got started that was his goal and i took it and ran with it and since then we've done othello we've done twelfth night we've done julius caesar we have a production of comedy of errors that's fixing to drop uh antony and cleopatra's on its way uh the henriad is in the early stages of pre-production um and we have all kinds of other ideas just bursting out of our brains um, like Romeo and Juliet as a sitcom, for instance, uh, <laughs> which may or may not ever get produced, but I will forever hope. Um, but, but that's the beauty of Shakespeare. You can do those types of things. You, you can unlock the richness of it by presenting it in a new light and you can excite audiences and you can engage them. Uh, I know in my directing that I've always tried and strived to um, make audiences feel like they're there. And uh, I work with actors who it, it would be impossible to do that without phenomenal, phenomenal actors. Um, there's so many of you that I, I can't call you all out on a 50th episode anniversary reel. Um, but I want to. You all are the heart and soul of the show. Um, without the time and energy that actors, that you actors put into this show, Dependent Shakespeare wouldn't be where it is today. And it honestly wouldn't even exist at all because uh, some of these plays have so many characters that, you know, we can't play all of those characters on our own. Um, Trust me, you don't want to hear a all Land and Bell production of Hamlet. It, it would just be really, really dumb. Uh, <laughs> uh, extremely dumb. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. The Pendant Shakespeare is a major part of Pendant these days. Um, that is wholly attributable to the valiant efforts of many different people. Um, 
And my hope for the future is that moving forward, the show will continue to grow. It will continue to get better. Um, and it will continue to hold that position as not just that Shakespeare show that Pendant does, but a core part of Pendant's repertoire. Um, because there is no other Shakespeare production like the Wild Bill Variety Show. There's none. You won't find it. I've looked. <laughs> uh, you won't even find it in a theater class anywhere in the country. Because no one's doing sci-fi Othello, 1920s, Twelfth Night, and uh, modern day Julius Caesar in a row. No one. And they're not doing it with full cast, fully orchestrated, uh, engrossing sound effects and environments. No one's doing it with the level of diversity that Pendant is. And uh, it's just an absolute delight to continue on with the show. I appreciate everyone who has ever contributed to the show, everyone who has ever listened to the show. Uh, you all make it possible to continue doing this. Um, so I just thank you all so, so much. And keep listening, because we have some awesome things in store. Um, like Romeo and Juliet, the sitcom. If, uh, if people will agree to do it. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's always, there's always something else, uh, around the next corner. So stay tuned. You know what? I hate Shakespeare. I, I just I just have to say it. I mean, he's been around for so long. And he has such history connected to him. Literally and, well, literally. You know, just so much history that everyone has garnered such an idea of who he is or what how he should be done or, you know, just the way that he's meant to be played. And... You know, you gotta hate someone who has a reputation like that, if only because then you have to come through and you have to touch his work. And if you do it wrong, people hate it. And if you do it right, people hate it. And, well, there's no right answers sometimes. You know, and I kind of, I've never met the guy. I, I get his scripts, you know, and I, he doesn't put in sound cues, so I have to do that for him, which is, I guess, is sort of good because as a director and then a dramaturge, it gave me the freedom to kind of do whatever I needed to do. But at the same time, you gotta, you really have to look sideways at a writer who just starts making up words. I mean, seriously, barefaced, discontent, lonely, majestic, tranquil, laughable, hint, moonbeam, epileptic, fixture, lonely, elbow? Really, dude? You're the first person who came up with the term elbow? <sighs> You've got, you get words like inauspicious, and that makes sense. So that sounds like Shakespeare, next to laughable. You know, or radiance, pious. Yeah, Shakespeare came up with these words. That's, well, if he didn't just invent the words, I'm sure that they weren't around or written down until he came around. Which is fun to say. In all seriousness, he's... I mean, that's the kind of legacy he won. I mean, imagine what would have happened if Christopher Marlowe hadn't gotten killed. I mean, if he had lived for longer, I'm sure his Faust, which I would love to do a production of Faust, but, you know, I can't, because, well. And now we're going to see the face that launched a thousand ships, and 
Something about the topless towers of Ilium. It's been a while since I read Faust. Sorry. So I've always mispronounced. I can't pronounce things. You put me in charge of Shakespeare. I can't pronounce. Alright, this is terrible. I should wrap it up. Alright, in seriousness, I love words. And I've always loved vocabulary. And that's actually why I can't pronounce things. Is because I'm... Kinda actually think read King Lear when I was 10. I understood nothing about it, or actually understood none of what was going on in the plot or as far as the characters. But I just remember the words being fun to mess with. And when you expose someone to a language without actually teaching them how to pronounce it, there's, of course, some issues, especially because English doesn't have accent marks or anything useful to tell you, oh, so that's how you're supposed to pronounce... Really? Shakespeare came up with assassination? Oh, boy. We owe this guy a lot, don't we? It has always been my effort with Shakespeare to get people interested, and whether that's, you know, setting it on the spaceship, which was really, really cool. Lack it a lie. I, I got to mess with lightsaber sound effects. That, that, I... If you haven't listened to Othello, guys, seriously. Well, you've listened to Othello. You're listening to me talk. Listen, let me give you a bit of advice. You know, when you've really done something bad, and you're trying to, you know, make something up, make it up to your significant other... It will be go over a lot smoother if you show up with, you know, some flowers, some wine, quoting Shakespeare. That, you know, I don't care who you're into or who you are, but there's something magical about someone talking about, you know, black wires growing on your head. Just, uh, I wouldn't go with any of the dramatic monologues or talking about, you know, contemplating suicide or... The end of one's life approaching. I don't think that goes over well with whoever you're trying to woo. I mean, it might. You know, I don't know what you guys are into these days. It's I've got been out of the dating game for a while because I'm lucky enough to use Shakespeare to help woo a woman. It works, seriously. Four years later, the guy still got it. Anyways, this is Colin Kelly. I'm the one who brought Shakespeare back after, uh, I think it was a two-year hiatus with Macbeth. Oops. Oh, well. I'm actually not that suspicious about Macbeth, so I'm just going to keep saying Macbeth because I'm an idiot, apparently. Sorry, it's been a long day today, and things are going crazy, and just lately it seems good things happen, and then bad things happen, and then good things happen again. But occasionally you have to come back to something that brings a smile to your face or just gives you motion or meaning. And I think Shakespeare's a good thing to do that, where... You know, it's been 400 years, but we still relate to these characters, these plots, and these intrigues. And if nothing else, freaking laser beams. Sorry, Othello was still the coolest thing I think we ever did. We should go back to space sometime. How do you, you feel about the Henriad in space? You should let us know. Or uh, what, are we, what are we talking about? Kabuki Hamlet? I don't know. We'll figure out something. We'll set, uh, we'll, we'll Adam Sandler something. And I don't know. How would you feel about us going to Hawaii? You know, exotic location. Anyways, um, I'm talking too much. I do that. I'm good at Sisquipudian loquaciousness, I'm told. You guys have a great day today. I really appreciate you listening to our humble words. Especially those of a guy who died a long time ago when you're still listening to. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>